Greetings and welcome to the Game Club Review Pod for October 2021. My name is Jason and we are here to discuss the games of October. But before we get into the show, I just want to mention our Patreon, where we have a lovely selection of tiers starting from £2 and not forgetting that £15 tier where you can get a free cross-players t-shirt in your first month. What? What? I know, right? And <laughs> It's definitely worth one of that. And... Um, and uh, and just to our current patrons, a big thank you for your support. It really means the world to us, and every single one of you are all amazing. So thank you. Now this is the very last Game Club podcast. Don't forget the playlist, which is replacing the Game Club, and that is found on a different feed to the rest of the Cross Players episodes. You can find that in all the major places by searching the Cross Players playlist. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. The first playlist for October is is there right now, so please go and check it out. Now, just a quick recap of the game before I introduce my hosts. Um, we are discussing this time what remains of Edith Finch, Streets of Rage 4, Streets of Rogue, and Discord's bonus game, which was Crown Trick. But as I say, don't worry, I'm not doing this alone, and I have two lovely gents joining me, and the first is the delicious, smooth-talking Scotsman himself, Alex, how you doing, mate? Hello. I'm hello. Well. How are you? That was a very Lewis hello. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they all look alike as well, Jason? <laughs> yeah. Particularly <laughs> <laughs> when I wear my Lewis mask. Yeah. <laughs> Should do, shouldn't you? Oh. Um, uh, yeah. Um, ever been? Have you ever been kind to you, Alex? All good, mate. Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain, fair enough. Um, okay then, um, Alex, you're you're bringing a little extra new section that we're going to include in the playlist podcast a bit later at the end of this. Um, why don't you tell the, the good listeners what, what is it, what it is? I am, so we're going to start on a monthly basis giving a little update on our cross-seasons competition that we've been running, so I'm looking forward to chatting through how we're getting on with that so far. Mm. Yeah, no, looking forward to that. It's... Uh, uh, it's proved quite popular in the Discord, so uh, yeah, um, it's doing really well so far. So yeah, that's going to be a, a nice little extra section into the podcast. Um, and my next host, as you just heard, is uh, brace yourself, ladies and gents. It's the dulcic tones of the very, very dulcic Mike. How you doing, mate? What? What indeed? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, man. Good to have you back on. Second. Thank you. Yeah, really good to be on, actually. It feels um, like forever since I've actually been on a on a pod, so it's nice to be able to actually like get on and have some drinks and chat some shit about games with you. Yes, and uh, yeah, get hyped about our fifteen pound Patreon tier t shirts. What what? I know, right? What what? That's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still have my uh, my t shirt from back when it was Switch Island. So, uh, like, nice. despite the brand change and that sure. that's completely obsolete, the t shirts actually like last so i was really glad we went for the same ones because mm-hmm. um i've got so many iron on t-shirts that just fade in <laughs> in um in like one wash and i think it's testament yeah. that my switch island one the old brand is still going yeah. strong yeah i'm quite yeah. jealous of that switch island t-shirt actually um obviously uh too new to the team to have uh got one of those so yeah, it's a collector's very, item now yeah i can imagine it is <laughs> Probably get um probably get like a hundred quid on eBay for it now, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's go with that. 
All right. Do you, you, you mentioning about iron on transfers and like, mm. I remember doing that when I was a kid now and like, you don't, obviously you don't need to anymore, but I mean, what a pain in the backside that was. Did you ever used to do that? <laughs> uh, or did you manage too young to get know, away mate. with that? I don't, I don't know if I ever did. I think it was more of a magazine thing. Sometimes you got these things as a free gift in a, in a magazine. So then if you yeah. got a, a, a plain t-shirt, you just used to try and iron it on and it was, very disastrous. I, was for I don't me anyway. think I ever did. Um, there was like an urban legend in my primary school about a kid who wanted to do it, give himself like a tattoo, and so he took one of them and tried to iron it on his skin. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't think it worked. Uh, if it was even real, but like, thank God that doesn't exist anymore. You just go go to redbubble.com yeah. forward slash across players. Oh, nice. Very smooth. <laughs> Love it. Love it. A widery of lovely memorabilia. Indeed. Indeed. Yes, uh, especially that mug that uh, Ben was sporting on Twitter only yesterday. Uh, a very nice mug. In, I'm not talking about his face. Um, oh, no, you, you beat me to it, man. I was, <laughs> come on. I'm talking about the, the mug that had his coffee in. So. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a really cool design and very tempted to get one myself. So, uh, yeah, go and check out the stuff there. It's uh, beautiful. And you can find a link to that on our website at the crossplayers.com um, okay let's get the plug in out of the way let's side eye emoji let's um... <laughs> for fuck's sake man <laughs> don't bring back those animals um, yeah oh fuck check the pre-pod for that reference um, so uh, let, let's get into the games of October's game club shall we before we go into places that oh god side eye emoji um, <laughs> that we shouldn't go to uh, and the first game that I want us to talk about is Streets of Rogue um, the reason I chose Streets of Rogue as our first game because I think it's the game that we that probably didn't get uh, as much attention as the other games I was going to say mate that's a dangerous opener it is yeah. well let's live life to, on the edge shall we you know <laughs> it's the last game club podcast I might as well just just go out and Go out with a bang, man. So, uh, yeah, Streets of Rogue. Um, I played about 20 minutes of this game. And uh, I was always a bit wary with this month's games because of Metroid. I knew with Metroid coming out that my gaming time was going to be taken up by that game. And it was. I got completely obsessed and addicted to, to Metroid. And that's all I ever. that's all I wanted to play. That's all I did play. I thought I could just play at work, but like I say, I got that into the game that I was playing at home as well and just couldn't put it down. So I think Streets of Rogue kind of got the uh, the punishment for me spending so much time with Metroid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the 20 minutes that I did play, I mean, it seemed okay, um, but it didn't... But I mean, like, I don't know, sometimes... 20 minutes is just not enough to get into a game properly I feel like I can't really say too much about it I mean it seemed okay I quite liked what I saw um, they tried to make it quite funny and humorous um, well can you I give us because I, did, I didn't touch this at all I'm ashamed mm-hmm. to say uh, like you say busy month of gaming can you give us the elevator pitch like what? what is it What? how would you describe it even 20 minutes you can give us that surely um, it's like a pixel uh, based video game you know it's quite 16-bit and like, I mean the name the name makes it sound like a cross between a roguelite and Streets of Rage um yeah it's not however, a beat up it's not a beat up no no it's not a beat up 
Um, yeah, what would you? How would you explain that, Alex? Sorry, I'd fallen asleep because someone mentioned Metroid again. Oh, um, God's sake, <laughs> where's the mute button? Honestly, who invited <laughs> this guy on? Do you think it's safe to unmute him? I can see his bar going up and down. All right, let's unmute him. Um, so how I would describe it is, it's a roguelike based on a kind of pixelated, yes. randomly generated city where it's all, you've got a kind of mayor that's taken over the city and has banned many things, including chicken nuggets, and then chicken nuggets become the currency of choice within the city. It's like the black market currency, and you're essentially got to navigate these little, it's almost like a little maze the city's built into all these little rooms and work out how to get in them, how to avoid traps, how to do specific um, missions and objectives to complete the level. Um, the one thing I would say from my perspective, it just felt a bit complicated for me. When you look at the game itself, it looks pretty basic. Not basic, that's unfair, but pretty, kind of that art style makes you think, oh, I'm going to wonder about here, maybe battle a few of these guys and then I need to do this, I need to do that. But it's like, oh, I need to hack a computer and undo this. How do I get around there? There's a lot more thinking to it than you maybe appreciate at kind of first glance. But for mm-hmm. me, it just didn't click. I probably gave it longer than you, Jason. I maybe gave it a couple of hours and maybe five mm-hmm. or six runs trying to... But it just was not clicking for me at all. I couldn't really work out what I was supposed to be doing. And that's probably as much down to me that I'm not really a big roguelike fan to begin with. And it just wasn't really my type of game. Mm-hmm. Is it um is it a rogue light or a rogue like? Do you, do you keep anything between runs? The rogue like. So like so so complete that... complete sort of run run and done start from nothing um and and just see how far you can get kind of thing. Yeah, because it's not like you're developing your character or anything. It's not that type of game that as you that your character can like. Well, certainly not from what I picked up. Did your character mm-hmm. really level up or anything like that? It was more just about kind of gathering currency and stuff as you go to maybe you can like spend it on some of the NPCs within it who can then like protect you and things like that. Um, so it was more just about kind of running done rather than building anything up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jason, you said it was kind of trying to be funny or it was leaning into humorous writing. What, how do you mean? Um, I think they just tried to slip in as many jokes as they could into mm-hmm. the um, into the text, and some of it, you know, it gave you. Um, it might made you smile a little bit, um, but it never really, for me, kind of made me laugh. I just kind of rolled my eyes. It was more like dad jokes, which you know. Everyone should think that that's my cup of tea because, you know, I like to put dad jokes in the Discord sometimes. But um, I guess too much of it is probably um, just too much. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. probably just wanted a little bit less uh, of, of that that kind of stuff. Um, so then, you know, like you started to um, get a bit fed up of it in a way sometimes. Um, yeah. On that, on that side, really. So, yeah, it, I didn't really have much more to say about it, really. Um, I just feel like it probably deserved a little bit more, more of my time and may, maybe I would have got into it a little bit more. Um, I, I quite like the roguelike kind of, or roguelike kind of game. So it's, 
it's something that I probably would enjoy, um, but I just didn't give it enough time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, we knew we knew going into this section of the pod that it wasn't going to be the one we had the most to say about it. I think between mm-hmm. three people, you got what two and a half hours uh, playtime. Sure. Um, what about what about Discord? Were, were people getting into it on? Uh, no, um, <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, I had one comment back from Tyler uh, about Streets of Rogue, and he said he just didn't like it. Not quite sure why. The writing felt too forced for humour, and the 20 minutes that I played, the mechanics just didn't feel like they made sense. Yeah. More so, not the biggest fan of that art style either, so bounced off it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So it pretty much echoes what we were saying, really, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and I think that's fair. Probably one thing I'd add to it, though, is... I think it also depends what character you pick because I think each of the characters that you can pick are play the game in a very different way and have very mm-hmm. different objectives. So I think if you maybe spent a little bit more time exploring the characters, you might find one that suits your playstyle or what you want to do more and it might click a bit better. And I don't think you would automatically try and do that. I don't mm-hmm. think it's that clear that each character does have a completely different playstyle. Um and I think that's maybe from the style of game. It doesn't really help itself out by explaining too much to you. I think it tries to give you tutorial, but I wouldn't say it's that in-depth. Well, certainly I didn't really find it to be. No, no, definitely. I pretty much agree with you on that. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why I chose Streets of Road, because I didn't think we had that much to say about it. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. So I'm, I was going to ask, who are we blaming for putting it in this month's uh, lineup? Is that um, you, Jace? <laughs> Uh, I think I did pick it actually um, boo, when Sean pitched hiss, it. Boo. <laughs> um, and Laurie, uh, I had Laurie on that episode as well, so mm-hmm. it must be me and Laurie. So um, yeah, that's who you got to blame. So, but like I say, I'd, probably instead it, of Horace again. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, like I said, I don't. It, you know, it didn't seem like a, that much of a bad game. I've definitely played worse. So uh, just yeah. Maybe the wrong time, you know, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. So maybe in three months' time I pick it up again and uh, it just clicks for me, so... It it might just be the... You need to give it a bit more time because I'm looking at the Steam page now. Overwhelmingly positive reviews. Yeah. Um, Looks to have a good following online. So, you know, is it us who are wrong? No, it's the children or whatever the (laughs) meme is. Insert meme here. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think with the strength of the other games that were on offer for October as well, this one just suffered a little bit from it. So, mm-hmm. um, But speaking of the other games, um, the next game I think that we will have a little bit more to say on that we should talk about is uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, yes, definitely. So, Mike, why don't you go first? Um, I mean, what- I... So I didn't play this this month because I I played it um, over a year ago now, but it it's being a kind of narr- narrative driven experience. It is definitely one that sticks with you. So I didn't really feel the need to replay it. Um, I mean, it, the elevator pitch is a walking simulator through an abandoned family home where all the stories revolve around death. So mm-hmm. that's fair anything i mean i feel like that's pretty much quite concise yeah yeah um for the for the quick pitch walking simulators are a weird thing right mm-hmm. there, there aren't many that do well they're not everyone's cup of tea they're quite a weird niche 
Um, and so for for one to resonate with people who don't usually like walking simulators, I think is a really good, big thing. Um, I don't know what it was, maybe the voice acting, the writing, there was just something that made me see this through in one sitting and I still kind of refer back to it when looking for examples of these types of games. I think it's this and um, Gone Home. Mm-hmm. Does anyone remember Gone Home from a, probably about a decade ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, are the two kind of like walking simulators that deal with heavy themes that just sort of stand up when you're when you're kind of thinking about these types of games. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought, uh, obviously there's a consistent theme throughout the game of, of death, but it's broken up into different chunks and each one feels unique a particular favorite of mine was the um the scream queen one yeah uh if you know what i'm thinking about the the kind of um mo- uh, mick take of uh, campy 70s and 80s horror films i just thought that was brilliant and really well stylized and just really really well done um, i think that was one of my favorites as well um putting the halloween theme in the background as well just mm-hmm. was just perfect yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good, really solid that, writing and, and movement yeah. throughout. I just, um, again, it's the kind of thing that if you're not someone who enjoys these type of games, and I know a lot of people aren't, that's the one to to turn you, if that if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I mean, like like you say, I mean, with, with the writing, but like the presentation of the game uh, was, was something else that jumped out at me when I when I first started playing it, like where they, where they put the text on the screen, you know, that they would put it on across a tree branch or that mm. they'd put it on top of the gate so before you walk through it. And then if you did walk through it, all the letters would scatter. Um, and just all those kind of little bits, I just really appreciate in a game, you know, it just makes it feel like the developers put just that little bit more effort and thought into it. But, but just doing that little thing, it kind of really elevates the game for me. You know, it makes it just that little bit more special because you can see that they've put that little extra thought into it just from that kind of thing. Um, but just like, I don't know, just the whole, the whole thing, you know, actually sketching the family tree as you, as you find people, uh, bedrooms and excuse me, you've relived the stories of, of, what happened to them and and how they died um and just the story in itself was so interesting uh but so powerful mm. um that it's a shame that some people i mean it's the same for everything you know something is not for everybody we, we've all got our own personal tastes but it's such a amazing story and such an amazing kind of walking simulator game that I feel like everyone should experience this story um, because it is so good. Um, and, and like you mentioned with the different scenarios that each uh, character brings when, when you get into their, into their rooms, um, just refresh the gameplay for, you know, you wasn't really sure what was going to happen next, uh, what, what you was going to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even from, I mean, there's going to be spoilers. So, I mean, if you haven't played Edith Finch, we do apologise, but uh, you know we're we're discussing the game. We'll, we'll try. Gonna, this is a, we'll try. But you know it's going to happen if you haven't read the fucking book. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, even like that first one where 
where you're kind of going through different animals you know you start as a you start as a cat and you end up as a shark um it's just it was just so amazing just to mm-hmm. have that different thing you know and, and you brought up the the comic book one um which was as well really good like and so it was so different to the rest of the game i think that's what made it point mm-hmm. out you know because it was all very comic-y it was all happening well, inside a comic book, wasn't it? I mean, um, I mean, that's the thing, is is compare those gameplay changes to something like um, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, or Everybody's Gone to the Rapture or something, another walking simulator. But in that, you are just doing that. It's, it's purely walking, and so... And you're following around a beam of light in that game, if I remember correctly. But the, the, mm-hmm. the problem is, there isn't that... Um, variety to keep you interested all the way through. So if the if the mm. story's not doing it for you, then you're kind of stuffed. Whereas in Edith Finch, if the story or if that particular part of the story isn't doing it for you, because every every mini section, I suppose, is quite different and it's told differently. If the story isn't doing it for you, there's something new about the gameplay that might see you through that section. Mm. Yeah, and and yeah. I think. I think the, as well, like where the, where they had furnished furnished the house mm. so well, um, it felt lived in, uh, and, and you could see the the amount of detail that they put into the different rooms, and mm-hmm. each room had that personality from the character, perfectly to the T, um, which really just made made it all even more seem like it's real. Which you know the whole point of it, isn't it? Um, Alex, are you going to say something? And I was just going to kind of add to what you guys were saying. I think for me it was that variety of gameplay mechanic that I added in um, that just made it quite special. Like to have so many different mediums of telling stories, from as you say, being the kind of transfiguration element into the little um, flicker book drawing for one mm-hmm. of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, or the one in the fish factory where you're just cutting <laughs> God, that was, fish all the way through. That that one was a uh, thing. Yeah, that that one was, was a just, good good one. Um, yeah, just just the eye hand corner cord coordination though with that one was uh, was quite tricky. There's, there's I think also- for me, on top of that, I think it was the atmosphere of the game, like right from the very beginning, when I got it walking up towards that house, although I'll tell you a story about the very beginning in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, uh, And then once you entered the house and you started to see the kind of preserved locations and you kind of go through the peepholes of the rooms that have been locked off and you've seen them kind of perfectly preserved from whenever the person had died and I think it just set that whole eeriness of it and it didn't drop that the whole game. It kind of kept that a tenseness and you were always a little bit on edge without being too much on edge you were just more invested and engrossed in the story and wanted to know what mm. happened to these people um, it just did that so well and it's, as you say it just kind of takes over you t- to the point that you sit down that if you have sat down to start playing this game it's very unlikely you're going to get up until you've finished it mm-hmm. and not many games will do that you you hit the nail on the head at the beginning there, mate, about when you see the house and the layout. Um, because it's something I thought, uh, just looking back at screenshots of it, and one of the screenshots is, is the start of the game where you're kind of walking through the woods down to the house. And 
in a weird weird way because it's like a terrible comparison but it's a bit like dark souls right that's <laughs> the worst comparison i could make but what i mean is you're kind of looking if you you know in dark souls you're looking over across this mountain range this valley at, at the buildings and the castles that you are going to eventually go to and go through and then when you kind of get there it's um and you think back to that moment you were looking at it it kind of does the same thing where you right from the very start it shows you the entire building and if you haven't seen it just have a google of, the, of what it looks like uh, just type in either finch house or whatever and you'll see it's not a normal building right it's lots yeah. of weird parts of the building it looks like the world's worst extension job stacked on top of each other and loft conversions right something you'd see on cowboy builders or something dom <laughs> dom littlewood's gonna go make that guy apologize but um, it's you get that sense right from the beginning and it sort of carries you through right through the kind of like two, three-hour play time it'll take you. So like you were saying, mate, just if, if anyone out there hasn't played it, this is one to finish in one setting and you'll want to. And I think um, as you were speaking, I was thinking about it a bit more. And like, I mean, this is a two-hour game. Probably less than, isn't it? It's probably an hour and a forty-five, maybe two hours. Yeah, roughly. About if yeah, if that, mate. Depending on how slow you take it. Um, but when you get to the end, um, and, and you learn the end of the story, you you've already feel quite attached to the to the to the characters, um, mm-hmm. and and you you feel quite sad um, mm. f- for the reasons. And like to do that in an hour and forty-five to two-hour game, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It just, just that in itself, just tells you the quality um, of everything that this game has to offer. I mean, it's it it won a BAFTA for its narrative. So yeah, it's you're absolutely right. It's the kind of thing where you don't even meet these characters in the way you might think of that you would in a normal video game. This is normal in any other video game. Um, and yet, yeah, you absolutely do feel remorse because you know right from the outset this is, you know, it's not a spoiler to say this is a game about death. I think one of the opening lines talks about it. Um, and, and I think, you know, you get through the first couple of stories and then by the time you get to the third one, you start feeling attached to the character involved yeah. and you think, fuck, I know where this is going. Yeah. I know how, it, I don't know how it happens, but I know where it's going to end up and you do feel sad. Um, so BAFTA well-deserved, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you, you mentioned a bit earlier that your favourite kind of scenario game was the uh, comic book mm-hmm. style one. What was yours, Alex? Did you say what well, I think it? One? I really liked the little flicker book. I thought that was done really, but I think for me, the the favourite story was probably the one in the fish factory. Yeah, I think just that was probably the one that was the most powerful because you yeah. can totally relate to the situation, um, mm-hmm. and you can just see it happening. And I thought it was incredibly well done the way they kind of had him in his daydream and how he was imagining he was this king of the world type thing. And you're on these little voyages across the seas to these amazing discoveries of different cities and stuff. And I just thought the way that was done, and you can imagine sitting in that mundane job, just your head yeah. going away and thinking about something else to just get you through the day. Went right to that very last moment as the guillotine dropped, and you're just like, oh. Yeah. 
because you know it's coming you can tell it's coming yeah um, but it still hits you just as hard yeah that game you were playing made it I don't know like because it started so simple uh, just like the daydream but obviously the longer that the character was thinking about it and creating these things and obviously that was showing in the other game that you were playing you know because it was very hard it was quite the, probably the hardest one to do wasn't it because on one side you still had to cut the fish's head off and yeah. put on the conveyor belt um, but then on the other side uh, you were you were trying to control this character through through these cities and uh, corridors and everything else and to go from and I think because they did it that way with, with it starting so basic and simple and like you could see how his thoughts and daydreams were um, were getting more and more uh, stronger you, and you could see that in the the in in the game itself uh, as it was getting more elaborate and more detail and in the end like where he was on the boat and he's sailing around just taking over different towns and cities and, and stuff like that it just uh just a very memorable point of the game wasn't it i think um as well his, his story particularly not to i don't i, I don't want to labor the point too much because if someone hasn't played it, this is a very easy one to just sort of go up and, and pick up and, and play. And it's out of all the ones on the list, this is probably the one I'd recommend most to people um, if they haven't played it. And um, it, his story, particularly the, with the cannery, uh, is so strong as well because you are told about the character almost from the moment you get into the house because those are the, yeah. the tins are strewn all over the place and there are lines of dialogue relating to it um but it's one of the later ones that you find out about and so i think by that point you've that character is one that you've come to know the most about but also is still the most mysterious compared to the other family Mm -hmm. members Mm -hmm. i think also to the point where you feel like he's the one that he was closest to Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I think you certainly get that impression that they were the two that were the closest and that was the one that probably impacted her the most. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you kind of know about him, as you say, right, as you come into the house and that's probably what makes that impact even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's so many of them that has that impact on you as well, I think, because there's, you focus on some of them, I think the one in the bath with the child and you're just like, God, I don't know what's going to happen here and I can't quite cope with it it's like it's just for a game that resonates so much with you and you get a lot of enjoyment out from what it is it's really quite dark oh yeah yeah definitely um, <clears throat> just one other question I want to ask and uh, but back to the like the mini scenario games um, and I was just wondered if there was one that you that was like a least favourite of yours was there one that you thought wasn't the greatest one out of all of them, or do you think they all just held their own in their own different ways? I think in their own different ways they all held their own. I wouldn't say there's anything like, no, I really didn't like that. It's not like um, you're going to hate me here, Jason. <laughs> it's not like when it, just when you're asking that question, it really makes me think of Spiritfarer. <laughs> and I know it's a, a different premise, and the, the mini games are much more actual mini games yeah. and ways of telling yeah. a story but there were certain ones in there that really grated on you 
Whereas mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel any of that with these. It was just you found that keepsake of the character and you knew there was something coming and I don't think there was anything you were trying to get like, oh, I need this to be over. Mm-hmm. I think you were you were really invested in each story and the way it told you. So for me, no, I wouldn't have thought said there was a weak one. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mike? Is there one? In Spirit Fairer, yeah, that lion cunt. <laughs> uh, no, um, in Edith Finch. Um, <laughs> um, I, the gameplay was um, more notable, so I don't want to hark on it from that point of view, but the narrative of the animals, um, when you're switching between the different animals, was... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was... It wasn't bad, it's just my, the less memorable for me, and I wonder if that's because that's the first one where the mm-hmm. gameplay changes up a bit more drastically, and so I'm, I was, my, my attention was drawn more to that than the narrative, and, and then later on I was able to appreciate the others better. Um, but generally, no, I don't think so. Um, I think part of the um, strength of having such a short game and, and so so few relatively speaking so few stories to tell um, is that they could put the time into each one that they deserved yeah yeah I agree with that um, I mean for me uh, just because I was I think I was just shit at it uh, was the photo <laughs> one um, I spent ages just trying to find the picture they wanted me to take so I could progress <laughs> the story. Uh, nothing bad about the, the actual story in itself was really interesting and uh, sad as well. But I just, oh, I just spent ages just like taking random pictures going, what do you want me to take a picture of? Mm-hmm. And then uh, after about five, ten minutes going, oh, it was sitting right there in front of me. So... Um, for me, it'll be that one just because I was just being stupid, <laughs> which is not unusual for me. So, <laughs> yeah, I can see how that would take you out of it a little bit. Um, on Discord, Mark said that he does what remains of Edith Finch, one of my favourite narrative slash exploration games. Lots of memorable moments. Uh, ben said that he also adored Edith Finch, especially up there with the likes of Inside. <clears throat> and Oxen Free as a perfect one sitting cold winter night game. And Tyler said that he didn't get around to Edith Finch, but I will eventually. You lot wouldn't all rave about it like this if it was shit. <laughs> so, fair enough. I can't argue with any of those comments. I'm just going to, I'll add to you my little story of um, me playing this game this time. Okay. I played this for the first time probably about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Certainly a little while ago, and then I thought, right, I'm going to. It's been long enough. I can't. I can remember it, and I remember the gist of what happened, but I can't remember exactly how it all played out. So I downloaded it and started again. And the Xbox being Xbox and finding all your old saves. So I'm playing through all that. Yeah, this was a nice prologue. Got to the end of it and realised I just played through the last chapter. <laughs> so started again. <laughs> Well, that's one way of spawning the end for yourself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, but what was even funnier, I didn't realise until I got to the end because I just thought, oh, that was a prologue and then it kind of started telling the story because I knew that's what it did and I thought it was just me approaching the house again and not her approaching the house the oh, second time. Alex, um, so, Alex, so I'd kind of gone through it and I'm like, right, I know kind of what's happening here now and then it got to the last chapter and I'm like, oh, shit, that's what I already watched. That was a bit of a waste of time, wasn't it? Um well, it was one way of playing it backwards, I guess, wasn't it? So. <laughs> it didn't take away from the experience, to be fair. Yeah. 
That's fair. Um, I think, look, I want to just mention a little saying as well. I only played this game for the first time last year, but then I went back. I decided I want to play it again uh, for for Game Club. And um, I think it was, yeah, again, this, this speaks to the strengths of the game that I think I enjoyed it more the second time around. It didn't lose any of the powerness of the story or anything to, for me personally. So I feel like it could be a game that you could just revisit every two years or whatever and and still get out of it what you got the first time around. Um, so that's for me, speaks volumes too. But yeah, well, Donut Alex. I still enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. Um, I kind of feel like that's probably going to be our game of the month. Yeah, I, think so. I, I can't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> there's been many months where there's maybe been a bit of a debate, but that isn't one of them. No. But let's move on and talk about our next game. And uh, the next game is Crown Trick. Is it, this is a rogue-like, isn't it? Or rogue-like? I never get the two right. Rogue-like. Rogue-like, yeah. T, because you, uh, you... You keep the stuff you, you from keep the run. certain things, or you go back and upgrade certain things that you yeah. then take in with you, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, um, you're like a dungeon crawler in a way, isn't it? Um and you're just gonna you have to go for each room and uh, uh, clear them to get to the end to to create the, the boss at the end. Um, I really enjoyed this game. It was a, a surprise to me um, how much I enjoyed it. And it was Helena who who just strolled into Discord one day and just dumped all this. Uh, information on us on how wonderful it is and how great it is and we should all play it and that really affected the poll um, <laughs> that was running for for playlist in the discord and it actually obviously uh, became became the winner because of what Lelena said and I'm really glad that she did because uh, like I say I really enjoyed the game it was uh, different in a good way wasn't it I, li- I liked all the uh, different weapons and, and things but uh, yeah, again, I don't think I gave it enough time that I wanted to give it because uh, Metroid. Um, so Just I, my eyes in case you didn't. <laughs> uh, I uh, I managed to get to the the first big boss, which was a witch, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And and uh, I, I couldn't get past her. Um, I, I never I never passed that point in the game. So um, I'm hoping you two managed to get a little bit further. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, oh, not not okay. for lack of trying. Just because she was too difficult. Well, no, it wasn't that. I like I I liked this game as well. I liked how it was, I liked the presentation of it. I, I liked how it was doing something a little bit different. But I think for me, that being a little bit different, I couldn't get the mechanics of it. It took a while, didn't it? It took. Yeah, it took I a... couldn't understand the turn. Well, I could understand it. I just couldn't do it, and I think. I'm a very much a run and gun, go in gung ho type person to any game that I play. That's just sure. how I play games. Um, and then I couldn't comprehend here that every move was a move because mm-hmm. I just wanted to run at people and hit them. And I couldn't adapt to it. And I think that was me to my detriment rather than to the game's detriment. I think I don't have that much experience of turn based games anyway. I've never really been, I've never really played that many like turn based. GRPGs and anything like that my time or mm-hmm. 
the only one I really played this year was when I played Yakuza Like a Dragon and that's the first one I've properly played the whole way through and finished so I just couldn't adapt to the game but I really liked what it was doing and I enjoyed and I quite and it was quite a consensual enjoyment of this game I think there was quite a lot of love for it in Discord as well at the time when everybody was playing it and I think it's almost the wonders of Game Pass again that a lot of people would never have played this game if it hadn't hacked. A hundred percent on that point mate I, I would <laughs> never have picked this up uh, if it hadn't been for Game Pass. Um, so I, 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 I'm not trying to be like get good scrubs or anything like that, but um, I've got a couple of two two and a half hours in, and I've got past the first several bosses because uh, there's like basically the game split into like days, um, but the second it's like three days, but the second days are split into a few days uh, a few sections and each day has several bosses in it so and like the you say the the first boss is like a witch um but actually it it can randomize because there's two so there's two floors that you go down and in between each floor is you get a boss fight and there's like three random ones you can get in the first day um i actually found the game a bit too easy is my pro- my biggest gripe with it um and i know someone in discord sort of echoed that that being said before we started this i had a really really shitty run where i died <laughs> on like the third room or something and i have sort of noticed that it is so so rng dependent on what kind of drops you get in various rooms um and that's kind of something I find happens with a lot of these roguelite kind of games like um, Children of Mortar or um, Curse of the Old Gods or, or something like that. You know, I mean, the, the biggest difference between uh, Crown Trick and those is Crown Trick is, is turn-based, which I am kind of enjoying because it if you once you do get your head around how the, the turn-based works, especially with all the enemies... Um, it does add uh, allow for a lot more strategy. Mm. Um, so if you do get good RNG and you do get a good, you get, you get good item drops and stuff that all kind of work together. Um, it, it's easy to go really far. That being said, on the flip side of that, it's easy to get absolutely, the enemies can wipe the floor with you if you don't get those. Um, I don't know. I think like with all these games, the, the satisfaction comes from just, Keep going. If you have a shitty run and you die on the first floor or whatever, you still get something to take back with you sure. to make to build your stats, which makes it easier the next time. Yeah. Um, I, I think one thing I absolutely agree with you guys on though is the art style and the presentation is just yeah. gorgeous. It's just so nice and so like sort of charming. Um, everything from the the art design to the to the sound design. Yeah. No. All, all that was uh, beautiful. But I did take away from the game that I did want to keep playing. I did want to mm-hmm. keep doing another run, um, which told me that, you know, I'm I'm enjoying this. And I think my trouble is a bit like Alex as well, where I'm more of a gonk i I'm more of a Dead Cells kind of mm-hmm. roguelike than I am trying to stop and think about where I should put my next move before I do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that 
put me in and that kept putting me in positions that probably I shouldn't have gotten into uh, so therefore I lost more health than maybe I should have at that point of the dungeon um, which obviously then was a detrimental effect on my on my health when I got to the end boss um, but you know I liked the term basedness of it mm-hmm. it was uh, it was just something different for, for this kind of genre and that in itself is, is great yeah, yeah. I think that's I mean, the like thing with this one. Sorry, go on, mate. I was just going to. I think the uniqueness of this game is its it's kind of key selling point. I think it is a very different type of game for this genre. There's there maybe as another couple, but there's not that many of them. Certainly none that have maybe had the impact that this one does seem to have had when people have played it. Um, and I think it is, as you say, Jason. If you can take the time to invest and learn, even if you're not used to playing this type of game, I think you can learn it fairly quickly and effectively, and you can get better at it. It just needs to time and yeah. I mean, the um, especially with Game Pass, roguelites, indie roguelites, especially, are a dime a dozen. Um, and so having that that mechanic of just something different, where in this case it's it's turn based and stuff, is um, is refreshing enough that it's i don't mind having it sit alongside you know sort of top tier of a, a real time roguelite like children of mortar or something because it's different enough um i did find it a little bit strange and clashing in some places like uh, i don't know if you guys have noticed this yet but some of the weapons fit in really well with the kind of fantasy vibe like you get swords and you get, you know, projectile weapons that look like they're made of plants and stuff like that. I don't know. It, it just kind of all works. Um, but then sometimes you'll just come across like an assault rifle as one of the weapons. And <laughs> yeah. it just looks yeah, like a, I picked up a sniper earlier and it just looked like no a sniper. Whereas, whereas like the swords all look like kind of gold hilts and jewels yeah. and... You know what I mean? It's, what the so, hell is an assault rifle doing mate, there? It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's weird. You know, it's there weird, are yeah. certain things that just don't kind of flow. And I'm just like, well, that's odd. I mean, um, I'm, all, I'll be, I'm all in for it. If I pick up an assault rifle, <laughs> yes. Yes, this is exactly what I need. Let me just shoot the crap out of everyone. Thank you very it, much. But It's weird because even some of the guns like look like they're they're made of of you know the the art style of like for example a, a rifle that i found that looked like a branch with a twisted leaf curling off of it and it kind of made sense it looked enough like a rifle for it to work but then i picked up a sniper rifle that had like a it was gunmetal gray and had a scope on it it was yeah. weird yeah yeah very weird yeah that kind of puts you out really wouldn't it put you out the <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, it was very tempting to That's, pick it up, yeah, but, exactly. you know. Oh, did you not um, pick it up? He was like, no. No, I did, I did. That, I, I was going to say. I was, like, no. I was never not going to pick up the fucking sniper rifle <laughs> exactly. just sat in the middle of this nightmare realm, which, sorry, we didn't do a very good job of explaining to people who haven't picked it up. You're in a you're in a dream world, basically, so everything is kind of... It's while she's asleep, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, while the protagonist is asleep. It's a um, cutesy fantasy, you know, and you're fighting against nightmare monsters that look like they've come straight off of CBBs or whatever. 
I don't know what C. I can't remember what CBBS look like. Forgot. Well, I definitely know what CBBS. Is. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a good game and it's got some great mechanics and it's an, it's enjoyable and that's all you really want from a video game. So um, if you haven't given it a go, you definitely recommended. Um, on Discord, Mark said that Crown Trick was okay from what he played, but nothing that grabbed him enough to keep playing beyond the first weekend. Uh, ben said that he also feel like Crown Trick is highly underrated, uh, lacks polish and flair of some of the more popular roguelites, but it's got some great little systems at play and provides a unique and approachable twist on the genre. And Tyler said that Crown Trick was great, different enough from um, roguelites to keep me interested for a good few hours, but I found it a bit too easy. So, yeah, like you, Mike, you that. found it a little bit easy. I mean, it heavily depends on the run, like a lot of these, but when you get any sort of half-decent one and you, you do just take the time to sort of think a few moves ahead, um, it it is a little bit easy. I looked on how long to beat. They said about 16 hours. Yeah. Unless the difficulty ramps up in the next couple of, in the next like quote-unquote day, which is what they're calling kind of the the sub, subset of levels within the game, then... Um, don't know maybe maybe closer to 10 yeah i mean there was one thing i did learn about this game that really appealed to me which i haven't mentioned and i believe that um if you get past certain points if you die you don't start right from the beginning again you start from you start from that point is that right um i'm sure that's what i read somewhere and that that kind of appealed to me in in wanting to play more because i thought if i get past these points and then i didn't Mm -hmm. have to do that section anymore then uh, that, that's a real, um, real thing I mean, for I, me to go for. But I, I kind of hope so because, um, like I said, I literally just got past the first day before uh, today before we started recording, and so I'll, I'll let you know if that's the case. But mm. that is certainly the case with. Um, again, I don't want to keep making the comparisons, but it is one of the better ones out there. I think. Um, uh, Children of Mortar, when you get past the first sort of set of levels and defeat the main boss of that set of levels because each mm-hmm. set has its own mini boss if you will um then you do get to go straight to the next subset of levels yeah. um and i think just to keep runs short uh shorter that it's a, it's a good yeah. it's a good part of game design because that, like i say if it is rng based it can be really annoying to spend however long on a run and get you know, X number of minutes in, only to get to a certain point and realise that the build you've accumulated on this up to now is is dog shit for the next section that you go into. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to to have that option to kind of skip over um, a bunch that you've already, you know you've beaten. Mm. I wish Dead Souls would do that. <laughs> I love that game so much, but I've still never <laughs> completed it because I keep dying. <laughs> Like I've got to do the prisoner section again. Just like, just let me do the other ones. But there we go. Um, okay, well that's uh, we've just got one more game to talk about then, uh, and that's uh, Streets of Rage Four. Um, not much to say about it really, is there? Uh, Streets of Rage Four. It's it's a beat 'em up uh, based off the old series of Streets of Rage games on the Mega Drive. Um, you you control a character and you just beat the crap out of whatever's coming towards you. Um, 
yeah, Mike. Um, I mean, I think me and Alex have pretty much said pretty much all we can say about Streets of Rage. Do you think that? Do you agree with that, Alex? I mean, probably the best thing you can do say about Streets of Rage Four is it did Streets of Rage Two justice. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, like uh, I've probably said it before, like when it was announced. So, oh, they're 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 brave enough to make a new Streets of Rage game. Um, let's 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 hope it's uh, let's hope they do it justice because they, you know, you, you've got that um, little scaredness that they're just going to screw it up and just kind of ruin it. But uh, thankfully, it came out and. To my surprise, and uh, to a lot, it was it was really good, solid game, um, and very much part a, a good, solid addition to the Streets of Rage franchise. Um, but I'm interested to hear what Mike thinks of this game. Did you did you get to play it at all? Uh, I've never played a single Streets of Rage game, mate. So I don't know how much. <sighs> intro- I know, I know, blasphemy. Um, wow. What I will say about it, though, just because I remember when it first came out, Dan and Ben were harking on about it mm-hmm. non-stop. Um, and one of the things that they sort of kept mentioning was the soundtrack. Um, yes. And it was at a time when I was extremely busy at work and I was just sort of mainlining um, game soundtracks at the time because I find that a lot of them are really good for productivity Yeah, because they are, you know, sort of um, subtle enough or, or background music enough to to work for something while you're trying to concentrate on something else but also motivate they they have a good sense of motivation behind them um so i have listened to the soundtrack despite never playing a game and um yeah cracking really good Mm -hmm. really motivating (laughs) Uh, so i can only imagine that it translates well to uh beating up people on the streets of rage nice yeah yeah it does i mean um they they beefed up the graphics enough to make it different you know that the characters were older than they were obviously from the from the original game so that that was interesting to oh see oh my god just like us yeah exactly um <laughs> they brought back some of the old favorite enemies uh unfortunately brought back that get the knife that just runs at you and just goes i'm just gonna stab you he's so frustrating particularly when he runs diagonally yes and like you fucker just oh just when you think you're going to get him and then he just he still manages to get you and you're like what anyway um yeah uh, a banging soundtrack to go with it and they incorporated enough of the um old games as well into it in in like you know if you could unlock skins to to make your characters look like they did back in the old games as well so uh with the extra dlc which i'm yet to play um it's just a it's just a great package. It's just a great game, and obviously the the added appeal of being able to play this online with with your friends, uh, co-op co-op play. Um, it's just another bit of icing on the cake for it, really. Um, Which once again we never managed to do. No, this is a common theme. It is, yeah, yeah. I can't blame Metroid for you on that one, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I can blame FIFA though. Oh, I- Let's not talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> too many. I think we can that. unanimously feel mm-hmm. the same way that you feel about Metroid for FIFA. Yeah, um, I do feel like that for FIFA, just because. Yet again, I'm shit at it. So, <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I, I really don't know what else to say about Streets of Rage for that we haven't already said. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about it twice when Lewis pitched it and then when uh, Sean pitched it as well. Um, yeah, so just just a cracking game. If you guys haven't got anything it's else just, to say about it, then um, I'll move it's on. It's just fun. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's the kind of best thing, and, it, and it's got enough difficulty curves and enough options to kind of make it challenging. I think it's that whole building that combo and trying to keep that combo going. And I think, as we'll talk about when we talk about cross-seasons, it being a cross-season challenge, I think it's all about kind of working. There's far more to the game than you realise if you're just putting it through when you're actually trying to attack the scores. So, like, how can I build that combo? How can I keep that combo? How can And I think the additions of the different special moves and the kind of risk-reward of that, whereas if you use some of your more special attacks, you build that combo higher. But if someone hits you, you're going to die. I think it's just it's done incredibly well. They've learnt from some of the mistakes maybe of um, Streets of Rage 3 and took a couple of things where they tried to make additions in there and back out and I think they've just made a really solid game. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing bad I can really say about it. Um, I completely agree with what you just said there. So, um, yeah, just a banging game. Um, everyone should give it a go, Mike. <laughs> All right, well, it's on Game Pass now, so it's, what have I got <laughs> exactly. to lose? You've been on a bit of a, a Game Pass, um, I don't know, like like your mind has been blown by the prospects Mate, of Game so, Pass, hasn't it's it? It's so fucking good, but at the same time, I I already had a backlog to help <laughs> yeah. before I signed up for Game Pass, and now yeah. now it's kind of like, it's almost giving me more anxiety because I'm thinking if I'm not playing it then I'm wasting money even though I know I've saved more money than I would have spent buying these fucking games so sure and and I get to try games like Crown Trick which I really enjoy and I would never have picked up you know mm, exactly. uh, otherwise so um yeah no it's really you'll, you'll good get but, used, you get used to it a little bit more and you you take it for granted a little bit more as you yeah well the thing is because I'm still in my first month so it's yeah. only cost me a quid so I'm trying to cram as many games in as I can mm-hmm. um, while, I, while I'm on this and then, you know, then we'll see. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have to teach you the uh, Xbox Live trick so you can get cheap Game Pass for a couple of years. E do just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like three, three years for like 70 quid. Yeah, three years for 70 quid. You can't say no to that, right? Apparently can. No, I didn't say anything. I did not say no. I did not say no. Oh, okay. I thought the silence meant as a no. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Mark on Discord said that Streets of Rage 4 is another good game. Nostalgic. But ultimately, it's not Streets of Rage 2. Good game. Um, just, I don't know what he's... I don't know what that says. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, Tyler says Streets of Rage was good, but didn't really get its teeth into him he never played the original so the nostalgia wasn't was lost on him but for a genre i really don't like i quite enjoyed it so uh that's the thoughts on discord so there were the four games for october um just another little you missed lewis's one he said uh see i told you i'd miss one didn't i I yeah you missed one to mark um streets of rage 4 was greater than streets of rage 2 that's a that's a hot, hot pick, that isn't it? Yeah, but Lewis was a big champion of this game. Very true. Yeah, um, but unfortunately, Lewis, it's, it's not going to win. So, sorry, mate. Just just get that disappointment in now. I think. 
Um, but speaking of winning, um, what we need to do now that we've talked about all four games is to choose which of these is our game of the month. Um, so before we do our votes, I'm going to refer to Discord um, and then uh, see what the lovely Discordians have chosen for their game of the month. Um, looking at it now, we have three votes for Streets of Rage 4, uh, two votes for Crown Trick, but the game that's got the most votes, unsurprisingly, is what remains of Edith Finch. Um, so that game's already got a vote. Um, the the Discord guys have uh, chosen that as their game of the month. So thinking about that, uh, let, let's go to Alex first. Um, shall we run run down in order again like we normally do? Um, number four, what would be your game to hit number four there, Alex? Um, Streets of Rogue. Fair enough. And Mike? I mean... I I feel bad even ranking it having not played it, but yeah, Streets of Rogue, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I've had to do this before. You know, I never just not got around to playing it, and uh, no matter how great the game is, I've just had to put it on before because it seemed the fairest point because I didn't have an opinion on it really. Um, but for me as well, uh, yeah, it would be Streets of Rogue, Rogue for me as well, just because I didn't give it enough time. I don't think that I should have. Um, Metroid so unfortunately yeah Streets of Rogue um, hits number four for for us um, number three Alex um, it'd be Crown Trick for the number three but I think this feels this month it's more of a top three than a second bottom I think yeah the three games at the top are, were good choices yeah yeah I agree with that um, I don't think Mike's going to agree <laughs> I mean, if following the logic of I haven't played it, so it's got to mm-hmm. go low, then yeah, the only reason it's bre- being out Streets of Rogue is because of the soundtrack. Um, and I don't know, the Streets of Rogue might have a fucking tearjerker of a soundtrack. But um, yeah, no, uh, number three, got to be Streets of Rage. Yep, fair enough. And uh, my number three would also be Crown Trick. So. Uh, I think for the second month in a row, I feel like I'm going to be mirroring Alex with, with, with where we're putting these games. But it's not pre-planned, I promise. So we're just starting to be in sync, Jason. Exactly, yeah. That's that's what it is. Um, so uh, number two, Alex, uh, please. Well, I think we know where it's going. So, uh, But let, let's make it official. What would be your number two game? Um, what remains up? No. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Definitely Streets of Rage four because that's unfair. I think Streets of Rage four could have won another month, but yeah, Streets of Rage four a number two for me. Fair enough. Um, Mike. Um, I mean, I, it's going to be Crown Trick for number two, but I, I think if you're, it completely depends on the kind of person you are, and. It is a testament to what remained of Edith Finch that a walking simulator is beating out a roguelite, which is probably my favourite genre of game. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yes. Yeah. That was That's my answer. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair and trick. I was, two, thought, I was expecting you to say more then. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, no. Number two, crown trick. Um, although I feel like it might, I don't know, if I, if I keep playing it and I get a few more days in, um, I might change my mind on that. But this is all happening in the past, so I can't. Yes, unfortunately so. So, um, my number two, Streets of Rage 4. No surprise there. So, um, that that makes four votes for what remains of Edith Finch. Um, what, what? Which makes Sorry, that... Call back. <laughs> you can do it again in a second, if you want. You seem to enjoy it. What, what? <laughs> I think it was just under a second. I don't know. I'm not very good at judging these things. What, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You get me to do one. stupid things on this yeah, podcast, Mike, and I don't what like I'm good it. For, mate. That's what I'm good for. Um, which makes what remains to be the Finch our game of the month for October. Well done, congratulations. Let's get some clicks. I think very, that's very deserving winner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, there's no arguments at all no. from anybody on that being our game of the month. Surely, Robert if, Lewis. Yeah. Maybe. You <laughs> sounded so exhausted at that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, uh, just a quick recap on the games that are now going in, in the first playlist month of uh, November. We had Chris on last month from uh, Pixelmatic and the Infinite Fleet game. Um, and we had Mike is good self on there as well and they hey. both yeah they both chose uh sin of a solar empire and outer wilds to play um and then the discord bonus game was decided to be forza 5 um obviously mike we know that you've played out wilds to to completion so mm-hmm. um I, I believe you're going to be giving Sins of a Solar Empire a go at some point this month. I've given it a go. Uh, I do need to give it more of a go, though, because it is a fairly hefty game, though. So I feel like um, if yeah, I went in now, I'd probably give, be giving it the Streets of Rogue treatment. <laughs> um, and I, I think uh, because it was the choice of our guest, uh, Chris, last time, I, I need to do it a bit more justice than that. Sure. Um, we'll, we'll get you back yeah. on the review pod for for November and you can give us a more detailed um, verdict on the game yep no absolutely looking forward yeah. to it mate yeah I, I can know. tell you already it's not going to be better than Outer Wilds though that shit is <laughs> yeah, yeah digital <I'm> crack <laughs> I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to getting some digital crack because uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah it's intri- Outer Wilds intrigued me for a while I got it downloaded yesterday so uh, it's ready to go good man uh, Alex, there's no point asking you really, is there? Um, we all know it's going to be Four Survive. Oh, yes. I've, <laughs> I, I'm all in on Forza Horizon 5. I've got the, the premium add-on purchased, all ready to go on Friday, or today as this podcast drops, if you're listening on Friday. Um, and I cannot wait. I'm so hyped for Forza Horizon 5. You disgust me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Is it is it um is it on Game Pass? Yes. Yes. All right, I'll give it a go before yeah. the review pod then. Yeah, you you can download it right now. Um, I can in pre- preparedness uh, for its release on uh, Friday, isn't it? Two gigs or something. Um, 
Yeah, it's a few yeah, gigs, well, isn't it? Friday, Friday's the early release, so Friday's if you've got the Ultimate Edition oh, that's okay. officially out on the 9th. Oh, okay. Tuesday. There you go. Yeah. Um, so you've got enough time to download it, Mike. It'll probably take that long to uh, get it on the Xbox. And I've, I've also got um, Outer Wilds downloaded ready to go. I did, after listening to you guys on the on the playlist pause, I went, I was sitting on the train listening to it and thought, right, I'm going to buy that now. And I went to buy it and turns out I already own it and I have no recollection of ever buying it. Um, <laughs> but I did at some point. So Bonus. downloaded and ready to go. That's like find that's like putting a, a coat on after a, after the summer and then put your hand in the pocket and finding a fiver, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to giving that a go. You really still yeah. get work. Yeah. And it's Annapurna, so it's gonna be well, I, I, after the last few games it's a bit hit and miss with them, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, but, um, that's what I was gonna say. I mean they've certainly not been the in the same quality, although um I think the Artful Escape really did was a bit of a return to Form. Yeah, definitely that was a banging game. Enjoyed that. That's another one you should uh, should you should give a go, Mike. Is uh, is that one? It's a, it's a it's a really good game. What's that one? Uh, the Artful Escape. Okay, I will add it to the list. Oh yeah, the ever expanding list. Oh, God don't. <laughs> another one as well. It'll only take you a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, it's not very long. Um, okay, well let's um, let's move on to um, our new little section about the cross section. And, uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh. Well, oh, what okay, a celebration. Go. All right, you can go. <laughs> Alex, over to you, mate. Yeah, so... This is where we're going to have a little a little roundup of the the monthly actions going on in cross seasons, as Jason mentioned. So we started cross seasons as part of our year two celebration. So the first event was during the streams on the night of the kind of year two launch. So the first event was, of course, Mario Kart eight. Of um, course. So how cross seasons works is basically some small challenges. We're setting a challenge every week to basically get the Discord community involved and see who comes out on top. So point for the top three, running over three months and then person with the highest score at the end of three months is the champion for those three months. Um and may get some sort of little prize we'll find out when we get to the end of December. Um but it's been quite a I'd say quite a successful first month. We've certainly found yeah. out that there's a few competitive people within the community is <laughs> probably a good way of putting it. Um <laughs> Hey, if we're gamers, you know that there's 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 always a competitive streak in the, in in us all somewhere. Yeah, you, well, you, that, you're just bringing it out on on the majority of us. Streak has definitely become evident over the few weeks, and it's been quite a a mix of challenges. As I say, the first one was Mario Kart, and so the first victor was Ethan, um, who basically ran away into the distance and probably about ninety five percent of the races that night. <laughs> he was he was completely on a yeah, different level, level, wasn't he? Yeah, I think maybe because we were too busy laughing at Jason's, um, Jason's wife. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty amusing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that so that was the first one, and then we kind of got into the weekly challenges after that point. So the first weekly challenge we had was Lumines or Lumines or however you would quite like to, mm-hmm. to pronounce that game. Um. So I won that one. 
Surprisingly. We all still think that was a fix. It was like, what game can I choose that I'm really good at to get this going? I know. (laughs) Well, in all fairness, that was not supposed to be the first challenge. The reason that ended up being a substitution for the first challenge was because I held back this week's challenge until it was out on Switch. Um, So the first challenge was supposed to be Tetris Effect, which I'm currently winning, so you could have probably... Lead that argument out there as well, but what we'll say uh, about Luminese is, um, I mean, you you set a, a ridiculous score on that, um, and it must have took you a while because that game really kind of takes a while to uh, yeah. to get to that point with the score if that you, you did. A, if you get a good run on it, you're talking over an hour easy. Yeah, um, but it's, not it's longer. I mean, I'd, I'd never played it before, and uh, until until you put it into the cross seasons and uh it's a good game um i liked it i like the i like the soundtrack there's a soundtrack for you mike um yeah banging soundtrack i, I really enjoyed it so uh yeah that was a good pick and it's one of those that i've well i've played that game so many times i mean i think i've owned it i think i owned it on the psp i owned it on the vita i had it on the xbox 360 i'm now on game pass i also have it on the switch so I'm fairly well accustomed to that game over the years, mm. um, but I do enjoy a puzzle game of that nature. Um, so that was a good one, and that went quite well. After that, we kind of so what we're trying to do as well with cross seasons is integrate it as much as we can with the playlist. So the playlist games in the month, we'll try and bring some challenges out to get people playing those. So we did have one for Crown Trick, um, which Tyler was the victor that week, and I think he ended up probably to his comment there. And it was too easy. I think he kind of ran away with it that week. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it was good to get us playing that game, and it would probably helped us to kind of understand it and see how the scores were set and learn from each other. So that was a good one. And then, <laughs> then came the fun. So the challenge in week three was Ding Dong XL, <laughs> classic, yeah, classic one button game. And I think. I think the key task of that week was we just would not let Dan win. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was very much Dan set a ridiculous... What we thought was a ridiculous score fairly early on and it looked like nobody was going to to beat it. And then a certain um, Kevin Scully came out of the shadows and that was when he started to to lay down the gauntlet. Yeah, he smashed that, didn't he? Completely smashed it. I, I had a few goes, but I couldn't get over 120 before... It got too much for my old my old brain, so yeah, cu- kudos to him. Yeah, I mean, for a game so simple, it's so difficult. If you just, I suppose, it's that hand eye coordination. Isn't it? Yeah, uh, and I think Ben mentioned it as well. Like sometimes there was a little tiny lag when you sometimes when you pressed the screen to make the ball move, and then the ball didn't move, and it it, it kind of that happened to me a few times. Um, I don't know if I wasn't timing it right, maybe. Um, but that kind of took me out of the momentum sometimes. Yeah, and I think Mark mentioned that as well. I mean, Mark is a resident, resident... Victor Meldrew. <laughs> resident Victor Meldrew, <laughs> what I was going to say, a resident expert in input lag. That's right. um, but yeah, he did kind of call that out as well. But I ended up playing most of it on my phone, um, yeah. which didn't do much for productivity in many days. But it's no, like, no, it did get me into trouble at work a couple of times. So yeah. thanks for that. <laughs> Apologies. I'm sure there'll be plenty more times like that to come. Mm-hmm, I'm um, sure. It doesn't take much for me to get distracted. So, 
I think all that. I think that the worst thing about working from home when I literally work in the same room with all my games consoles. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that's quite painful. Far too, far too easy to switch them on, particularly now when um, the PlayStation was connected to the second monitor. That's just a risk. Yeah, that is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Ding Dong XL sort of saw um, Kevin Scully's reign begin because we then moved on to kind of one lap in the lovely picturesque Italian countryside in Dirt 5 so again there was many accusations thrown at me because I'm pretty <laughs> good at Dirt 5 and I didn't even make the top 3 so there you go I was quite disappointed but to be fair that was when FIFA kicked in and I didn't really spend too much time trying to play it so um, Kevin and Milovsky themselves they had a bit of a ding dong between them to see who was going to get that top spot and ended up getting the fastest times in the world in that car on that track so hats off to them they did Jesus <laughs> Christ incre- incredibly impressive. impressive yeah um, so Tyler took the final point there again kind of just kind of going under the radar and keeping the points up but Dirt 5 was that was a good one because there was plenty of videos being taken and shared and chasing ghosts and mm-hmm. that was back and forth for the full week it went right down to the wire mm. um, a little bit over the wire as well for Kevin <laughs> no no I think he just kept it under the wire on that one oh, okay. we'll, get to the, we'll get to the over the wire on the next one <laughs> <laughs> so the last game that we had was again one of the one of the games for this month it was Structure Age 4 so it was just whoever could set the highest score on the first level um, and again well, it was actually Lewis that laid down the gauntlet in this one, which you would kind of expect, because this is the game that he's championed for so long and set a really LAS-ranked score, which thought nobody's going to beat. And as you said, slightly after the wire, so 20, 26 minutes past midnight on Sunday, Kevin posted the score, which we blew mm-hmm. by about 3,000. And maybe the first little outrage of the, the tournament so far, so... I think um, Lewis now has a, a mortal enemy um, and <laughs> taking those couple of points up. And I think what probably makes it even sweeter is mean, now what I'm going to do is kind of share the, the top three out of the standings. So we've mm-hmm. got Kevin at the top, unsurprisingly, after the last three wins. Tyler sitting in second. So Kevin's got 15 points, Tyler on 10 points. But we actually have third equal um, between Lewis and Ben. And you know that's a competition in itself. So oh, well, those two yeah, po- no. those two points that um, Kevin stole off of Lewis means that he's in the same yeah. points as Ben. So well, that's a the, little uh, insult injury. The competition has just heated up big time between Lewis and Ben now. When they hear this, yep. um, and uh, I look forward to seeing the results. Uh, yeah, and I think I'm standing at uh, one point. I believe you so. have a point. So <laughs> we better than have, I think. We do have 11 people with points so far, so there's quite mm-hmm. a wide across all the challenges. I mean, quite a few sure. people that have got in the top three each time. So it's still, still, we're only a third of the way through, so plenty can change. Yeah, um, yeah. The last couple of weeks have just been quite mental for me in in life as well. So um, I've not really had a chance to uh, partake in the last couple of challenges, but um, hopefully going forward, um, get a bit more time to squeeze in some. Some yeah. gaming. Um, and that's kind of why we're spreading it over like in a longer period of time as well, because there's going to be times where people can't get involved, so you don't want it to be like, oh, there's no point because I'm not here or not there, or also trying to spread the challenges across 
platforms and whether it's a mobile game, whether it's on Game Pass, whether it's a free-to-play game, just try and keep it as accessible as possible. And feel free to make any suggestions. If you've got something you think would be a good challenge for a week, then just tell us in Discord. Yeah. Get it in there at some point. Excellent. Um, any Anything else you want to add for your cross-seasons yet? Or is, or is that it? No, I think that's it. I think we'll just okay. see how this month goes. But this week, as I said... This week's challenge will up until Sunday as um, Tetris Effect. So it's the first area of Tetris Effect. Um, highest score wins again. Um, and if you want to get involved, then you just need to come and join in on our Discord. And you'll find the Cross Seasons channel there. And you'll get a link to Discord either on our Twitter or on our website. Yep. Um, yeah, please, please do. Um, you know, like, like you've just heard, you can take part in the Cross Seasons. Uh, you can take part in the playlist uh the polls and just general discussion on the games um and just general chitter chatter about anything life and gaming wise so uh yeah please please go and check out the discord um well thanks for that alex that was uh that was fun and um that's about it really so um mike why don't you tell the good people where they can find you if they wish to do so Twitter is a hellhole, but if you want to follow me, <laughs> just go follow the Crossfire's Twitter instead. Because uh, I did, I did recreate, uh, sign up to Twitter again because yeah. there are certain things in life that unfortunately you need social media for. Um, but I would still really, really recommend taking a break from social media for your mental health. <laughs> it's really good, even yeah. not for your mental health. You'll just feel better about it. But if you're going to be stubborn and keep using it, come follow us at the Cross Players. Beautiful. Um, and very good device. It's always good to have a break. Just mm-hmm. just a hip, nothing but peace. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, I mean, and- all the Facebook meta shit recently should tell you that none oh, of this God. can be good for anyone. No. <laughs> well, yes, that's very true. Uh, I don't think we have a Facebook page, do we? Uh, if we do, I've no, never known of its no, existence. No, I don't think we do. But, all right, good. We have an <laughs> Sorry, Instagram, we have a page. Yeah, yeah, yeah Instagram's um, as close as it gets, I guess, to Facebook. Yeah. Um, and probably for the best. Um, Alex, where can the good people go to find you? probably find me on the streets of Mexico for the next month. Um, <laughs> uh, on Twitter, you'll get me at ssalex984 or, as I say, go to thecrossplayers.com and come jump in our Discord and you'll get me on there most days. Beautiful. And if you wish to do so, you can find me at Game Adjacent UK. And also on two other podcasts, uh, What's Wrong With Wolfie and Dreamcast Years. Um, you, can, you can find me waffling about the 1990s on Wolfie and um, just old games on Dreamcast years so if that floats your boat then please uh, go and find and give them a listen um, so yeah don't forget to check out our discord as we've mentioned at thecrossplayers.com forward slash discord where um, you can be part of the discussion take part in our polls and lots of chat going on about games and also as I mentioned at the beginning uh, the the Patreon uh, with the with the great tiers and that free t-shirt the £15 tier beautiful and it's really what, ba- what? Yes, what what? Uh, and it's uh, it's a beautiful T-shirt too, and um, it's an original design by uh, C Paz of Liverpool. So uh, yeah, go and check it out. Um, 
also, as I'm talking about checking out, uh, check out the Crosscast as well, where the guys cover all the latest gaming news, discuss their pick-up and plays, and home to a bunch of absolute guys. So uh, go and find them on the Cross Players feed. And um, just a last reminder, really, that uh, check out the playlist, uh, which is also on its own feed. But uh, as I say, just, just search the Cross Players playlist and you will find it. Guys... Um, any final words before we let these good people go? And it doesn't need to include what what. Oh, no, I, I, that's what, what we're going to do. Do me like that for? I was just, I was just getting right up. I know, I could the tell. Microphone to yeah. give you the best what what you've ever fucking heard. <laughs> now I want to hear it. What what? <laughs> Brilliant. I don't know if you could beat that, Alex. Give, give us your best what what um, as a what what what? <laughs> what 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 we thought of it what 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 All right, we're I reckon you just cut it on that. Mate. I don't think you're going to get a better outro than that. Like, yeah. Well, I'm going to say this bit anyway, and then I'll see it go. Uh, well, what an interesting way to end the podcast. Uh, but all that's left for me to say is, uh, did the right game win? Let us know. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. What, what? What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs>